Hello, and welcome to the Lancet Oncology Podcast. My name is Aaron Van Dorn, and I'm speaking to you today from the Lancet's New York offices. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Dennis Slayman of the UCLA David Geffen School of Medicine about advances in breast cancer treatment. Dr. Slayman, tell us a little about the background of your study. What was the rationale for testing palbocyclib in women with estrogen receptor positive breast cancer? Well, the rationale was not specifically to test it there. The rationale was to test a CDK inhibitor in breast cancer. The hopes that something that might be inhibiting cell cycle progression would have an impact on one of the rapidly proliferating subtypes. Uh, the preconceived notion was maybe we'd see something in uh, triple negative breast cancer. But the way we approached it in the laboratory was to do the screen in an unbiased fashion, and we looked at the entire breast cancer panel of some 51 human breast cancer cell lines. When we did that, we found that the preconceived notion was wrong. In fact, the cells that had the most impact and growth inhibition were the ER-positive luminal breast cancer cells. And that's what gave us the rationale that perhaps this is where the drug should be tested. Uh, further molecular work that we did explained why we were seeing the effect and the impact in these ER-positive luminal cells, and that had to do with retinoblastoma gene expression at a relatively high level compared to other types of breast cancer. So it all made sense molecularly, and the biologic data pointed to a clinical trial in that direction. What was the basis for enrolling women in two cohorts? The idea was uh, initially that we'd see this in the ER positive group, and then the further idea was that perhaps we can enrich the population even more by looking for patients who are not only ER positive, but perhaps had cyclin D amplification or extremely high levels of CDK expression or P16 loss, all of which linked to regulation of that pathway. So the, really the idea was to enhance the, the predictability of, of the responsive population even more. What we found was that looking for those additional biomarkers gave us no further or incremental predictive impact. So that's what we found, that ER alone was sufficient to identify the right population, and we didn't get anything more with these other biomarkers. Was that the outcome you were hoping to achieve? Well, it was the outcome we were hoping to achieve in terms of clinical response. I, it was, uh, I would say, beyond what we hoped to achieve. We, we hoped that we would get some improvement, but basically a doubling in progression-free survival from uh, 10 to 20 months was something that we were very impressed with. So what are the implications of your findings for future treatment? Well, I think uh, should this be confirmed in the larger trial or uh, get when conditional approval, it'll represent a, a new standard of care for women with ER-positive breast cancer who have either developed uh, de novo ER-positive breast cancer to be treated with hormonal blockade and a CDK inhibitor, or for those women who have developed uh, recurrence after treatment with hormonal blockade. So I think it really does offer an, a new standard for those patients, and I think that's something that... Uh, is very exciting for us. Do you think this line of research should be developed further to investigate efficacy with other cyclin-dependent kinase inhibitors? No question about that. I think that the field had some setbacks in the sense that other CDK inhibitors that had been tested previously some time ago really did not show a lot of efficacy but had significant toxicity. And that may well have been because they were much broader in their activity and they were more like pan-CDK inhibitors as opposed to something specific like CDK4-6. I think with these data that we have now, there's a good rationale for really narrowing the target and the target specificity and that you would see a good effect when you do that. And in fact, that's what the clinical data show. The biologic data show that and the clinical data confirm that. So I think there'll be more more attempts like this. And there are other CDK4-6 inhibitors that are in testing 
as we speak, and then other CDKs and cell cycle inhibitors at different parts specifically of the cell cycle that are being tested as well. Do you think the future studies should investigate whether cyclin D1 amplification is a useful molecular marker for patient selection? Well, it's been looked at, and we looked at it, in fact, in this study, as I've mentioned, and we found that that does identify some of the population, but the biomarker we used, ER positivity, appeared to be more than sufficient for identifying the population, and we didn't get anything more out of the cyclin D amplification. The drug we used was originally developed for hematopoietic malignancies and lymphoma based on the trying to treat those diseases that had cyclin D amplification. And there is some impact, but it, it isn't near as, as significant as, as what we saw in the breast cancer study. So I don't know that doing that alone is going to be sufficient to identify an optimal responding population, but I think that's going to require more work. Is there anything else our listeners should take away from your study? I think that what it offers is further proof that the error of targeted therapy, while it hasn't always been easy and it certainly hasn't always been successful with many of the things that it looked at, that it still has considerable promise and that if we can identify the right target, show that it's playing a role in the pathogenesis and, and hit it appropriately, that we can develop therapies that really are more effective and less toxic than our traditional cytotoxic approaches to these cancers. Dr. Slayman, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Well, I hope it was useful.